What are landlords going to do with restaurants in the coming months? For this question, we decided to ask one. Hello, I'm Jonathan Mays, Editor-in-Chief of Restaurant Business Magazine, and in this week's edition of A Deeper Dive, I talk with Jeff Brand, the founder of Brand Partners. Brand Partners is a Dallas-based broker and the owner of several developments in the Dallas area. Jeff describes what his company did once states began restricting dine-in service. He also gives advice to restaurant operators that are hoping to work with their landlords through the coronavirus crisis and discusses how he sees the industry going forward. He also discusses how this situation is affecting developers. Please have a listen. Okay, I am here with Jeff Brand. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So why don't you start off by telling us who who you are, what you do, and um, and uh, who who you represent? Well, I'm the owner of a company called Brand Partners. We're a real estate investment company and a real estate brokerage company. We do two things: we own properties and focus on areas that are infill markets and first ring suburbs and in cities like Dallas, Texas, where we're based, and other cities within this in the Texas market. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, we uh, represent tenants in uh, their expansion and implement a strategy to help them in expanding throughout markets that we work in. Mm-hmm. And um, how many how many uh, uh, how many tenants do you have? Uh, our restaurants. Um. I would say that currently, because we redevelop properties and sometimes we sell them and sometimes we hold them, we would have approximately about a half a dozen right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's uh, I mean, what kind of uh, what kind of condition are they in at the moment? I think that for the most part, they're all struggling from the local restaurant tours to the national restaurants. I would say that. On average, what I've been told by ones which I've spoken with, they're about 80% down in sales. Um, we uh, we go out to them, talk to them, met with them, and it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, did they, uh, I mean, so did they approach you about uh, rent concessions and things like that? Well, back in March, when things started getting bad. I knew that the restaurants were going to have some problems. And so, I mean, we proactively reached out to them as not, not to all of our tenants initially, but specifically to the restaurants. And we approached them. We said, we know that you're going to struggle for the next few months. And we look at ourselves as a partner with you, not in a us versus them type of a scenario. And we want to uh, offset your rent. We'll defer your rent for the as long as we need to, for at least for the f- first three months. And um, then we'll create a schedule f- by which you can hopefully pay it back to us starting in 2021. Now, uh, we did not hear from some of the tenants that we contacted and Con, uh, national type tenants and but for the most part the local tenants uh, they were very grateful to it and uh, are just trying to keep their head above water mm-hmm. yeah why did you um, do that proactively 
Well, because I didn't see any reason to let the person who was operating the restaurant go to the edge of the cliff. I mean, there comes a point where they can't get get back or even continue to survive. So my my objective was to to uh, give them the peace of mind that they had one less thing to worry about so they could focus on their operations, which is the one thing that they can control to keep them in business. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, but this, I mean, you know, taking a step like that kind of has to cause you some pain, doesn't it? I mean, you, um, you're not a, you're not exactly a, 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 a Simon. Well, that's for sure. But, and it is, in my opinion, it's much easier in, from a financial standpoint to keep a restaurant in business, even if you take some uh, hit from not getting rent for several months than it is to go out and look for a new restaurant. So it's both a, it's a financial decision. Obviously, we're in business to make a living and mm-hmm. to return uh, profits to our investors. And, but on the other hand, uh, we also want to be a good steward in the community in which we operate. We operate local neighborhood shopping centers with local tenants in communities. And we look at these restaurants, integral part of the community. But going back to your question, yes, it's, it's uh, you know, I discuss it with my bank. Um, they were comfortable with me doing that. They knew what was going to be happening bankers have reached out to our bankers have reached out to us and i know from other landlords they've spoken with their land uh, bankers who've uh, deferred uh or reduced loan payments mm-hmm. um so you know it's not for us to just pocket some extra money or keep some more money it's to it's so that we can all survive we have a symbiotic relationship with our tenants we're in it together mm-hmm. so that's why I did it, and yes, it, it is. It is a uh, challenge. We've uh, we have um, we did not make a quarterly distribution to our investors uh, in March when we normally would. We retain the uh, capital that we have so that we have stronger balance sheet in order to help us survive. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, I think the thing that. Um you know, that's notable and why I think it's interesting having you on the podcast is that a lot of, uh, a lot of landlords out there are, you know, small, uh, you know, well, relatively small investors, uh, you know, they have loans themselves um, and, you know, and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the crisis is, you know, I mean, it's, you know, potentially causes problems for, for, for the landlords as well. If nobody's paying rent, they can't pay their, you know, they can't pay off their own loans and, you know, potentially that kicks the can down the road. So it's just sort of an interesting, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, an, an, an interesting take on, on the situation, you know, and, and, you know, what you're describing actually is, is seemingly how it should work because, you know, I mean, everybody's going through the same thing. And if if you sort of view if everybody views themselves as sort of partners in the same, you know, in in the same game, um, you know, then it seems easier to get through it. Well, that's the advice. On if if I can jump over to our uh, consulting or brokerage side, that's the advice that we give to tenants, or and we can use our perspective as a landlord to help the tenants that we 
work with the restaurateurs that we represent and you know the advice being that you have to change your mindset it means so often from the time you negotiate your lease you feel like it's a it's a uh, adversarial relationship in a way an us versus them relationship with your landlord but you have to really change your mindset both the tenant and the landlord has to so that they come come at this that we're all in this together we have a common enemy and the common enemy is the coronavirus Mm -hmm. and if we are if we take that uh perspective then then we can work together because a restaurant going out of business as i said earlier makes it much more expensive for a landlord uh multiple times more than any rent he would concede to go out and secure a new restaurant because you have new tenant finish out dollars restaurants are very specific in their Mm -hmm. interior finish and their design and then you have additional commissions and you have lost rent while you look for the new restaurant so it's really a benefit to the landlord in a way and it helps the restaurant tour but from the restaurant tours perspective or the restaurant operators perspective they have to they have to be open with their their uh landlord showing them what here's my sales these are my these were my sales up to for 2019 these are my sales in the in march and april um be able to tell your landlord what you're going to do with the money that that you're not going to pay him how are you going to use the savings to help your business um make sure your landlord knows that you've applied for uh any sba emergency loans um and just pretty much be an open book with your landlord so that so that he will feel like that that his sacrifice is your sacrifice mm-hmm. right so you want to make sure that the um you know that that the operators are not just relying on you to um to get uh to get through this particular period that they're exploring every avenue that they can correct and that also I think it's important for the tenant to give the landlord confidence in that they see a, even though it's it's very unknown how long this will last, what the tail will be as far as uh, customers coming back, but they, I think it's important to give your landlord the, the uh, confidence that you feel that you, even with your sales depleted, you'll be able to make it through because I, I'm not speaking for myself necessarily, but some landlords would say, well, I'm not going to defer rent for someone that's just, that I know is not going to stay in business. Mm-hmm. Really? If they are going to close in a month, then I'll just try to get that last month's rent. Hmm. Uh, or the, you know, um, you just have to, you have to uh, have you know, some degree of confidence that you'll give it your best is, a, I guess, is the best way of putting it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I imagine it helps that you, that the, you know, for uh, that, that it helps that if the tenant and the landlord had a pretty good relationship from the get-go and if you had a, a tenant that wasn't really paying, you know, that was behind on rent a lot or, you know, was already sort of uh, having challenges. Um, I mean, are, are those folks dealt with any differently in this scenario or... Well, that's a conundrum too, because you know we are actually 
uh, under contract to purchase the shopping center, and uh, there are three local restaurants in that shopping center, two of which pay their rent late every month, and one of which gets behind on their rent and then kind of catches up after a few months. And the landlord, from speaking with her, it, it, she doesn't really know how to deal with it. You can't really uh, lock them out. Mm-hmm. Um, you, but because, again, it goes back to the point where, and maybe this is a good way of putting it, is the tenants, a tenant should realize they have some leverage in a way mm-hmm. because it is so much, as I've mentioned a couple of times, it's very hard for, to uh, and expensive for the landlord to acquire a new tenant. So, but to, to answer your question specifically, yeah, I mean, I think that um, having a good uh, history with your landlord and a good uh, working relationship with them is certainly beneficial when it comes to asking for a favor. Or um, be willing, you should be willing to do a favor for somebody in the future if you're given a, uh, a uh, rental deferment or rental help now such as, for example, um, uh, maybe extending your lease for another year or um, giving uh, – maybe you don't give sales reports. The landlord might want to have percentage uh, – not percentage rent, but, but just sales reports, not necessarily for percentage rent purposes, but, but, but it helps him if he ever wants to sell the property, things like that. So there's other – there's little trades that you can make that will, that will be not uh, – necessarily harmful to you but would be uh but would be beneficial in your negotiation on getting any rent right. uh, deferment or or help yeah that's a you know i mean that's an interesting point i mean we had an issue i remember getting into a little bit of a debate with someone um after news of you know after cheesecake factory basically sent a form letter to all of his landlords saying it wasn't going to pay april rent and what I'd been hearing is that, well, nobody's going to pay April rent um, going into that. But, you know, Cheesecake Factory just sent a letter and that got publicized. And, you know, and then somebody was somebody I was debating with somebody who said that they were speculating that somebody like Simon would would just say, screw it, we'll we'll uh, we'll evict you and we'll go find someone else. But, you know, my argument is like, well, who are you going to find to fill spaces? Because nobody's going to be expanding for a while anyway. And so. One of the challenges, I think, certainly for for landlords um, is, you know, going into this is, you know, that in in many respects, you kind of limit it a little bit because it it really is hard to imagine much in the way of expansion happening in the short term, at the very least, because of of the coronavirus. And, um, you know, and, you know, it's going to take a little bit to me it seems to for that you know expand you know for people to start building and opening right. certainly new restaurants again after this well we do have some national tenants in our properties and to your point they're not doing what cheesecake factory did but um i think that they all press uh on the landlord and then they you know at and see who will give them some concessions and who won't. And you have to decide as an owner, are are you in a position to do that? And some landlords have the perspective is, you know, you're a cap, well, much more well capitalized than our uh, local tenants are. So 
maybe you should be paying more of your rent. But I think the, the, the national tenants are just kind of seeing who they're looking for an average of, of what can we get off overall across the uh, board. We'll get some that will and some that won't. Mm-hmm. Um, to answer your question regarding the, the, the uh, expansion, um, I honestly think that I'm in a better position as a uh, landlord of local tenants than I am as a landlord of national tenants because if I have a small uh, restaurant, 1,500 to 2,500 square foot restaurant, and if they do unfortunately go out of business, I think that um, there will be local restaurant operators or new entrepreneurs, what I would call sometimes I call them the immigrant entrepreneur, mm-hmm. the first generation restaurateur that will want to open and they'll look at this as an opportunity to go into a second generation restaurant where their upfront costs will be substantially less. And for these local restaurants, this is the way they feed their family. This is the way that they earn their living and survive versus the national restaurant chain, which may say, we're going to cut back our store expansion by 20%. Therefore we're going to do a hundred less opening units. So we're not going to go into your shopping center this year. So in my opinion, I, I, I look at that as a, I look at things with a, as a silver lining to this. I don't want anybody to go out of business, but if I think that uh, the local, the local restaurants could be coming back quicker than the nationals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, um, I mean, that's the thing about the restaurant business. That's both a blessing and a curse is that a, a lot of people still want to open restaurants. And that seems to be unlikely to change even in the aftermath of this. There's always still seems to be people that really want to give it a go. Um, and then, of course, you're going to have a lot of people that, you know, a lot of, you know, I mean, unfortunately, huge numbers of people have been laid off and they might have some incentive to try to do something different and maybe they want to try to give a, a restaurant a go given again the potential availability of, of space right i mean i certainly wouldn't want to be a a, a dress shop <laughs> um we uh you know the, the 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 shopping centers which we're involved in uh, are typically have restaurants and service oriented businesses not uh there aren't really local retailers as much as there has been in the past. They're disappearing. But yes, to your point, the restaurants uh, seem to be opening and strong, and, and I hope that will continue. I can't predict the future, but we certainly hope it will. And, uh, and uh, our conjecture is that these local restaurateurs will there'll be new starting new ones and uh, maybe opening their second one when they can find spaces that they can move into without having to go out and spend a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Are you concerned? Are you um, do you are you concerned at all about the about sort of the state of the industry coming out of this? I mean, do you do you worry about having a lot of empty spaces? Do you mean that there is already a, a, a over oversupply of existing restaurants prior to this taking place? <laughs> Well, there was. I mean, I, I. I mean, there was. I mean, I think at the end of this, there will not be any longer. I mean, I think that this is a is a, is is serving probably going to serve as a giant correction on the supply. I mean, do you get right. concerned about having a lot of empty spaces, a lot of empty restaurant spaces coming out of this? Well, I think there was a significant amount of growth in the restaurant industry 
up until this point. I think my concern is for those landlords that have uh, taken restaurants in new shopping centers or new uh, developments where they're paying uh, much higher rents, let's say 35 to $50 rents. Now, you know, that's for the Dallas market, not, of course, it's higher in, in uh, along the coast. Um, whereas uh, our, our type of shopping centers, which are, you would call them the B or C type shopping centers, the rents are in the, all, most of them below 20 to 22 dollars a square foot additionally are the, the the expenses are much lower too uh for your cam taxes insurance so i think the restaurants the spaces which can uh lease out at a lower or more affordable rent factor will be less impacted than those which are which were just recently built and they they had they gave these huge ti dollars to restaurants and and built that into the rent and now they're they're going to have a very hard time replacing those restaurants. Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, going into this, I mean, there were, I mean, I had a lot of concerns about sort of the state uh, or, or the expense of, of uh, rental expense and, and certainly in a lot of markets um, and, and for a lot of types of, of, of concepts because I don't think that a lot of concepts could, could really afford to pay some of the rents that were being charged and I thought it was going to be a potential long-term concern and and now this happens, and and uh, so yeah, I mean, it would seem to be, and especially if we end up getting a slow recovery, I mean, a lot of these, you know, a lot of these restaurants are going to end up um, having problems. The ones that 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 uh, signed on to these high rent deals, right? I mean, even our national restaurant, one of them is there. It's not one of their top uh, as far as sales volumes go, but they're but they're. Uh, cost relative to their overall sales is very low it's like at, at four and a half to five percent whereas you know we when we look at our deals we try to keep our rest we we really focus on what the uh rent is as a relative to what the projected uh volume is and i think that's going to be a real challenge for those as you mentioned those ones which are paying the high rents plus the triple net expenses the tax maintenance and insurance and the new properties are well over ten to fifteen dollars more in addition to their rent. Yeah, yeah. So, um, is this going to change at all how you view or rate restaurants uh, going? You know, once all this is done, do you think that your view of of uh, or of, or how you plan to look at potential restaurant tenants? Do you think that's going to change long term out of this or or not? I think that that's just a case-by-case -case situation. Um, we, for a startup restaurant, yes. For an existing restaurant, not so much. I mean, we can then, of course, have the ability to look at their uh, existing operations and see how they do. But I think for uh, for for many. Uh, guys that want to open new restaurants there's already a challenge where you know you know the uh the the risk in opening a new restaurant is very high so yeah we would be more uh reticent to uh take a flyer on a restaurant that didn't have a track record already mm -hmm. so and and um so you you'd be more likely to to i mean you know would that would you ha would you change sort of 
um, you know, the, the, you know, the requirements for, for that new operator. I mean, you know, maybe, uh, request, maybe be a little bit, um, more strict on their financials or, or their prospectus or anything like that? Well, that's a good point. I mean, I, I mean, we can say, and, uh, after having gone through this, it, it does make you want to look at what their, um, how much they're carrying on their balance sheet as far as uh, uh, cash mm-hmm. on hand in order to survive a downturn or a slowdown. Um, but I really look at the concept and what it can be for the community in which it it will be occupy, uh, operating. So um, there's a lot of factors that go into our analysis of the, of the restaurants in addition to just their financial condition what you know uh so it's it's a it's a uh it's a complicated question that um that contains a lot of factors that mm-hmm. that, that I can't I don't know right now what what the uh, answer is on that right right well it's and there's a lot of uns I mean the thing about this whole thing is that there's just so much uncertainty we don't know what it's going to end we don't know what the industry is going to look like when it's over um, we don't know how many empty spaces there are going to be. We, I mean, there's just so much we don't know. And, um, you know, that's just kind of the hallmark of this whole thing. Right. But I can say, just from a perspective of a fam, of a, of a dad, a husband, a family, we want to get back out. We want to go out to eat. We love going out to eat. And we love doing stuff, uh, being in restaurants and having the sense of community that they provide. There's nowhere else in that does that as well as restaurants do and so i think there's going to be a very large pent-up demand the worst thing about the coronavirus is that in times of trouble people want to be around each other but in this one particular instance you can't so it's causing uh like a double whammy on us um but i think when the restaurants are can reopen again the customers will be there. Mm-hmm. Super. Um, Jeff, this was fantastic. I, I really appreciate you joining us this week on the podcast. Well, I'm so happy you asked me to do it, and um, I love listening to your podcast. It's always informative and very helpful to me as a landlord. So thank you. And that's it for this week's edition of A Deeper Dive, which, as always, was edited by Christine Cawthon. Artwork by Nico Hines and Sarah Stewart. You can find this and other episodes of the podcast on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash deeper dash dive. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and find them on TuneIn Radio. I'm Jonathan Mays, the editor-in-chief of Restaurant Business Magazine, your host and podcast producer. Thank you for listening.